So last time we were together, we looked at Revelation eleven fourteen. It said that the second wall was passed. Behold, the third wall was coming quickly. So this final third trumpet judgment, these are the three woe judgments. And this is what we begin here in um, verse 15. And when this final trumpet judgment is announced, there'll be a tremendous worship service that's going to take place at the throne of God. Now, this is a contrast of what will be happening on earth. On earth, people are terrified, but in heaven, people are rejoicing. On earth, people are afraid of God, but in heaven, people are praising God. And so we see, number one, the testimony of heaven. And there's some observations that we can make concerning this as we look at uh, the seventh trumpet judgment, which begins when the seventh angel sounds his trumpet. Well, look at verse 15 with me. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds like uh, Handel's Messiah. But let's not forget that the seven trumpet judgments are all part of the seventh seal judgment. This seventh trumpet judgment will be bring the judgments and wrath of God to a conclusion here. The seventh trumpet judgment contains the seven bowl, terrible bowl judgments, which leads to the second coming of uh, Christ. And the essence of where this judgment will eventually lead is found in Zechariah 13, 8 through 14, 11. Terrible persecution will break out against Israel as a prelude to the second coming of Christ. And we learn that only one-third of Israel will survive this. There are nearly 15 million Jewish people in the world today, and if we base our calculations on that number, only 5 million of the 15 million will survive. It's all part of the seventh trumpet judgment. What we learn here is that this judgment is announced and fully sanctioned in heaven at the throne of God. I like what Ryrie writes concerning this. He said, the end is near enough now that the announcement of it can be made. And so when the seventh angel sounds his trumpet, there's this worship service that takes place. And this worship service is loud. Uh, this worship service in heaven will not be some quiet prayer meeting. This will feature loud voices. And we may recall that when the seventh seal was initially opened, there was half hour of silence. But when the seventh trumpet judgment opens, it will feature loud worship. And loud doesn't mean out of control. In fact, the adjective loud, mega, in Greek means these voices are loud in the sense of size and intensity and rank. So this is a high-ranked, heavenly-ranked, intense, loud worship service with booming voices. It would not be beyond the possibility of being heard by people on earth. In fact, in this very chapter in Revelation eleven twelve, we believe the loud voice is heard on earth. So later in this very scene, there'll be roaring thunder that will be heard on earth, so it is very possible that what is taking place uh, at this worship service can be heard too. And so the worship service is in heaven. It's specifically being held in heaven. In Greek, the text literally reads, in the heaven. What this means is that this worship service is taking place at the throne of God. So while people are living in fear on earth, there's a worship service being conducted in heaven, and uh, maybe it will be heard on earth. And then this worship service anticipates Christ's kingdom. It's clear that this worship service is about the kingdom that is about to be established on earth by Jesus Christ. The voices cry out, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever.
and notice that Jesus Christ is identified as his Christ. Jesus Christ is God's only Jewish Messiah. That proper noun Christ is clearly defined in John 1.41. We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. So the noun Christ is a noun that means Messiah. And he's the Lord and he's God's Messiah. Here is one time when the King James slightly differs in its translation. The King James Bible reads, the kingdoms, plural, of this world are become the kingdoms, plural, of our Lord. It's one place where both the Textus Receptus and uh, the different translations look differently at it. Um, the emphasis of this scene is that Jesus Christ is on the verge of taking control of the entire world. He's on the verge of establishing God's kingdom on this earth that is presently under the power of Satan. And we remember that when Jesus Christ was on earth, Satan offered him all the kingdoms if he would worship him. That temptation was trying to get Jesus to bypass the cross. And what happens here in heaven is a worship service that anticipates Jesus Christ coming back to earth and taking it over and establishing a complete righteous kingdom. So when Paul presented his message in Athens, he predicted that God has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. And heaven realizes the day is near and the kingdom is about to come. And then we see that this worship service features uh, 24 elders. Look at verse 16 with me. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worship God. So these 24 elders have been very much tuned into this eschatological plan of God all throughout everything in the book. They're obviously emotionally moved by the thought that the end is near. And as we have gone through this book of Revelation, we can't help but be impressed with how many times these elders are involved in worshiping God. They worship him as creator. They worship him as redeemer and as the one who offers salvation. And the holiest and most biblical leaders are those who worship the God of the Bible and are moved to fall down, kneel before him. They realize the magnitude of what's happening here. They fall on their faces. They worship God. And there are some things that we see in their worship. Take a look at verse 17 with me. Saying, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you, you have taken your great power and begun to reign. So they identify God as the Lord God, the Almighty. It occurs seven times, that title in Revelation, and that title, God the Almighty, occurs two times in Revelation also. The emphasis of these titles is that God has all might and power as sovereign God and could do whatever he wants with anyone at any time in any way. And contextually, he has the power to literally take over the world and establish his kingdom on earth. And then they identify God as the God who has eternality. The phrase who are and who were emphasizes the fact that God is eternal. God has existed throughout all of time. And they thank God because he has taken his great power and begun to reign. This final trumpet judgment announces that the kingdom reign is on the verge of happening. And even though at this point still approximately three and a half years away, it's the final judgment before that will lead to the reign as viewed here as already being underway. And then we see them thanking God because God is pouring out his wrath judgment on godless nations. Look at verse 18. The nations raged, but your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged 
and for rewarding your saint servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Political powers and nations do not love God, and they do not love the word of God. In fact, at this point in the tribulation, godless powers have taken over the nations for 42 months. They rejoiced at the death of God's prophets who were proclaiming God's word. And when we come to this text, we learn they hate God. They are enraged against God. And this is the scene on earth in the nations of the world. But the scene is very different in heaven. God is being praised and worshipped and thanked because he is pouring out his wrath on these godless nations. The divine justice of God is now pouring out all wrath stored up against the nations of the world. And in this grace age, God has been very good to the nations. He has allowed them to exist in the very place of their existence. He has provided for people who do not know him, love him, or worship him. He has offered eternal salvation to every sinner in every nation. Instead of these nations seeking to be right with God, they hate God and are enraged at the thought of him. So the truth is most who are in sin hate the thought of God. They hate the thought of being controlled by God. So at this point in the tribulation, uh, people are going to praise God because they see that finally they are, these are being judged. And they thank God because God is about to judge the dead. The reference uh, to time for the judge to, dead to be judged is reference to the fact that it's time to judge all unbelievers. Not only refers to those who are dead in their relationship with God, but also those who are physically dead. And they thank God because God is about to reward the saints. There's three classes of believers who are named here. They're the bond servants, the, the, the prophets, the saints. All these three feared the Lord and feared his name from all walks of life, small and great. So when Jesus Christ establishes his kingdom uh, on earth, they will be honored and rewarded in there, praising God for that. And they thank God because God is about to destroy those who destroy the earth. God's going to destroy those who destroy the earth by turning people away from it. And then we see, lastly, the temple, point number two, the temple in heaven, verse 19. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning rumbles, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. So they got this worship service that features that and at this point in the tribulation the earthly temple in jerusalem is about to be desecrated but the heavenly temple is dedicated and is a holy place in the scene of tremendous worship so we suspect that this will be visible um they'll see the temple and the ark and the worship service featuring cosmological heavenly signs god will once again seven send heavenly signs such as lightning and sounds of thunder and earthquake and great hailstorm now, we on occasion have seen these things. We must assume that they will be at an unprecedented level. So this is what this worship scene is all about. God is about to take over the world. Jesus Christ is on the verge of returning. And even though there are some final details that need to be worked out, it's soon to happen. And there is joy and worship in heaven over that fact.